When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greetings. Talking Reggae Podcast is back. I had to take a few months off uh, while I got my studio built. And also we had some personal issues within the family. I got my studio built. Not perfect, but it's uh, good enough to do a podcast in. And then, of course, what happens? The uh, air conditioner out there goes down, so I'm forced to move it in the kitchen here. But the show must go on. I'm very proud to have with me today some fellas from Washington out of Seattle. We've got Dub Lounge International. The fellas, it's wonderful for you to be here on the show. I'd like you just real quick, each of you introduce yourselves and let everyone know who I'm talking with. Okay, I'm leader of the band, um, Naftali Rashid. I'm Sting Shark, the guitar player. I'm Curtis Seals, the seasoning keyboard player. <laughs> <laughs> right on, right on. Well, Neftali, let's let's start with you. Let's go back. Um, tell me your first impressions of music. What what are your first memories of music and and the vibes that came with it? Um, my first music was in a church in Seattle called Mount Zion Baptist Church, and uh, I was in the choir. And uh, the Reverend Reverend Al B. McKinney Jr. Uh, we sang with no mics, so you got your voice nice and powerful. Sometimes my voice is too powerful. I have to back away from the mic. Uh, but that's where you learn, you know, singing in the choir. I learned what unison means. A lot of times you'll see a group and it sounds like harmony. It's actually unison. There's one person singing the same note, higher, lower. So I learned all of that, how to sing in progression. Um, then after that, I basically was surrounded by the blues. Lots of B.B. King, lots of Gene Ammons, my mom, Harry Belafonte, and Jimmy Cliff. And people would go, well, Jimmy Cliff was that jungle type music. Well, I said, well, that makes uh, Harry Belafonte that too. All right. And so my dad was into Monte Alexander, who's a keyboard player from Jamaica, but he's all over the world. So within my household, it was a lot, but my interest when I went to high school, I got interest in playing in bands. And my introduction into bands was, I used to watch James Brown, but I would be at parties that would also have Led Zeppelin going on. So it'd be like, okay, James Brown or Led Zeppelin, James Brown, because I already had Harry Belafonte around. So I got to some of the first rock bands. And uh, after I went there, you know, um, there were a lot of groups in the central area. I was trying to break in with, you know, Chicago style heart, but wasn't really wanted. So basically, I, I started playing with blues bands, uh, basically rock blues. This is in 74, 75, 76, up to 78. I was in a local band in Seattle called the Griffin Band. And we opened up many a show at uh, the Paramount. I opened up for Y&T and groups like that. But then after college, 
I took some time off from music because I didn't like the way it was handled. I didn't like the way it was being treated. You know, I, I didn't know about BMI and all that stuff too much later in my career. So I just took some time off. And then one day I was playing harmonica for this guy from Boeing here in Seattle. And he says, you play pretty good. He says, you got a good voice, too. And he says, you sing reggae. I go, yeah. So he turned me on to Seattle's first ever attempt at reggae, 1981, and a band called Sundance. And we released two albums here in Seattle. Uh, I left that group and moved to Canada because there's a lot more Jamaicans, huge Jamaican community. And so I was involved with uh, probably one of the well-known disc jockeys, George Barrett, out of Vancouver, well-known across Canada. Um, I moved in with him while I was up there. So I got to meet a lot of Jamaican musicians, but a lot of artists came at the Commodore in Vancouver, never come here, ever. I'm serious, never stepped foot in this city. Mm. And so then I figured that, well, I'm, I'm cool. I'm up here in Canada, all of this music, you know, I locked up, uh, became involved with the Rastafari movement, which I'm still involved with, and uh, started going another direction. But after that, I became homeless. Uh, so I ended up coming back to Seattle and then joining up with a band called the Boom Tally Posse which you can find online by typing it with Corridor International Records. So I tried that for a while. It didn't work. So I retired from music business. Mm. And uh, the year 2000, I'm working at Fred Myers, And a gentleman walks through the door, who is the great Winston Flames Jarrett who is the background singer for Alton Ellis, one of the way before Bob. And he basically, like I said, through Ja, he walked through the door of Fred Myers in Seattle, Washington. Something told me to call out. So I called out, Rastafari. The whole store froze. Uh, My boss says, you want to get off the floor, please? Get off the floor. So I'm on the side and he walks up and goes, yes, man. My name Winston Flames of your Rasta. I look and say, sure you are. Two stories, sure you are. He opens up his passport. It's Winston Flames, Jerry. I started screaming a little bit like I was at this in Jamaica, like me a picnic in a grocery store. I said, well, I'm the Rasta. I'm all me there, me there. So he hugged me. He saw me a little pin. And this is during 4th of July. Mm. Everybody's got the American. I got a Jamaican pin. So I was already in trouble. Uh, <laughs> so Winston said, come meet him at his gates two days later. So he took me to a place that he was working with a young band here in Seattle, Washington. They were called Wet City Rockers. And they're still on the internet. And he brought me to teach these Americans how to really play rockers. Mm. You know, Kyle Machuki. King Stit, okay, uh, uh, all of these old groups, all they dealt was basically uh, Studio One, which is Coxon, and but there's all the Channel One, Harry J, there's all these other studios, and he just found out there's hundreds of artists out there that he has never heard of before. Hundreds. 
hundreds. I'm a rookie when it comes to reggae, so this has been educational. There will be some guy called like what's the guy? Dr. Alimentado. Yeah. <laughs> this guy looks like he just is on the side of the street. And this dude has got like umpteen zillion albums. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. who's buying this guy's shit? Who? How is this guy making that, That's what's amazing about reggae. It's, yeah. it's, it's amazing. So anyway, he taught me to teach them what real Jamaican, because they speak fluent about Pato. So I came in and I remember he sat me in and they had a singer, I won't mention names, but he had a lead singer. The lead singer was one that found him, mm. found Winston by accident, ran into each other. Well, <clears throat> Winston didn't particularly care for his cockiness because mm. he wasn't, he's not Jim Hancock Neftali, he's an American. How you gonna know more about my culture than me? Yeah? Yeah. So he found a Jamaican-American to come in and like I said, they were West City Rockers. So the first rehearsal that I'm there, he's trying to hear me sing. Lil DJ, he does some songs that I know. Um, what is it? Tuba and African. Uh, so I sang that with him. And then the lead singer wouldn't stop singing so he could hear me. He kept singing. And once he would stop, hold up, man, hold up. Hold up, blood, blood. He stopped now. I want to hear this you. So I would sing again and he would jump in and Winston Jarrett fired him on the spot. Mm. And he was the leader of the band. Mm. And I came in, you know, kind of felt weird because he brought me in and then he left. And then after we did about three or four tours with Winston Jarrett, but he changed the name from Wet City Rockers to Solid Foundation Band. Uh, so the very first Dub Lounge album, the very first song we talked about, Jamaica, Jamaica. Well, that's when he just comes home from Jamaica. We're recording in the ex-drummer, uh, uh, Larry, uh, moved to Utah. Anyway, we're in the studio. I didn't know they were going to release it. And you see a big smoke thing, if you ever see the album. Well, that's me smoking a spliff. And I didn't particularly like the name of uh, Solid Foundation Band because at that time I didn't see the foundation. Okay, and I'm into Rasta heavily. Now the other band members, they weren't except for after I joined, real quickly, a guitar player named uh, Poodle Jr. Dodds. He's from Pablo Moses' band for about 30 years. Well, you heard I was in the band and we're, we're like this. So he came and he says, Neftali, you gonna play in this group? I said, yeah, man. He said, well, they'll call himself. Winston said, they'll call it Solid Foundation Bond. But they want to break away. And I love dub. I love dub more than I love regular. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he knows I'm a dub fiend. Anybody put, if you put that dub, I'll probably play a dub before I play. Okay, even my own music. I'll probably play the dub. <laughs> but anyway, we're on the house, it was a rehearsal. Something came to me. And I looked at everybody, I said, I got a name. And I'll go, what's that name? I'll go, Doug Lounge International. And what did you come up with that? I'm, you know, I'm a reggae disc jockey. You know, I've been involved with reggae, God, since 71. You know, I'm just like, it just came to me. So we stay now as Doug Lounge International from 2005. I met him in 2000, but 2005 till now. 
uh, up to about, what, six years ago? About six years ago, I had the old lineup. And uh, those gentlemen have gone on their way. I was blessed enough to find this gentleman over here, all right, Stink Shark. We had been playing in all these little conglomerate of bands. We back up Winston, Jared. We back up this artist. So uh, anyway, after that, for about maybe close to 19 years or so, the band stayed together with one lineup. And then all of a sudden, you know, like a marriage sometimes, you know, it starts getting stale. And uh, I wanted to put more of a Jamaican influence into the group. Uh, so people left just one at a time. And so I've known this man and been a fan of his forever. And like most musicians, I might say, well, I'm going to use you, Jay. They go, no, nah, man, him no good, man. Him don't know how to play the music, man. Where I leave with? Well, let me find it for myself. Mm. He's been with me for years now. Okay, this gentleman here played funk when I found him. Funk, R&B, soul, jazz. I said, I saw the talent. Like, even my bass player, there's something about I have. I don't know what it is, but if I was a record agent, you know, you know, finding people. I know talent when I see it. This man now is considered probably the number one or number two keyboard player in the area. I don't know. To me, that's to me. Yeah. Because he does stuff. Your average regular keyboardist does not solo. Yeah, that's true. 100%. Right. Yep. He is Weather Report, Herbie Hancock, George Duke. Okay. I'm serious. He brings augmented, diminished why these also these you know and it's like the Roots Radics were following him yeah. and what it has done to this band is that I told a sound man, Blake, everybody seems to want to get into that traditional style mm. and if you no play it, it's not reggae mm -hmm. and I said, who says so? You say so. And most of the time I have to deal with Americans, reggae musicians. Yeah. And it's not. It's reggae. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I, I tell them, so I said, go read and look at the scientists in it. Scientist says, the problem with a lot of Americans, there's a certain style that they've all locked into. And if they don't play it that way, mm -hmm. they don't consider it reggae. Right. Well, right. This man here will probably be, when you see it, the most improvised you know, reggae band you'll ever see. You'll know the song. When we started, you know the bridge, you know the ending. But everything in between, I let him go. Yeah. So, how could I put it? Uh, a, a young lady said, like Miles Davis playing reggae. It's more like uh, the, uh, the Grateful Dead. Meet Herbie Hancock over at Lee Perry's house. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> put that in breath. We play in long songs. Yeah. We're not up there going, oh, we only play five minutes, only play 10 minutes. Yeah. I might look at him today and he just takes off. Arpeggios playing all kinds of stuff. people in the audience going, whoa. Yeah. And then I let him rip. And this man can rip. All right. But then he's also a soul medical, I mean, melodical. He could jump to West Montgomery. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, you can jump to uh, uh, Eddie Gomez, Grant Green. All right, heavy blues. I mean, serious blues. But you need him to get you. <laughs> he can do all of that. Mm-hmm. And then my bass player, Jake, basically follows Flabaho. Okay, Flabaho, you know, Roots Fanatics. That's his favorite bass player. He likes, uh, you know, a family man. We like Flabba. And then play a five-string bass where you got the low, low, yeah. low end. And that's what I love. And then the other guitar player, Jack, Winston Jerry calls him Mr. Butter because he is so pussy clawed smooth. All right? He pulls out sounds out of the guitar and even makes him take notice. And he's a keyboard player with all kinds of sounds. Oh, yeah. yeah it's but Jack, I mean, if, when you see this young man, I mean, and these two guitar players together is the best combination of guitar players I have ever played with in my entire career. Totally different styles melt. The whole band is like Minestrone on 10. It's like a jambalaya from Neptune. Yeah. It's, it's like, but with the, with the island, but with respect for like the roots. Yeah, Because sure. the one thing that makes it fun for me being like, like a newbie, I'm a six-year-old when it comes to reggae. It's like the freedom within the foundation. It's like, especially with dub, you break it down. Yeah, you, can, you can go. You can go anywhere. Favorite. You can not go you anywhere if you right? want to. It's just just the groove and just the history of reggae. It's like it's on, deeper man. than like Bob <laughs> Marley. Man, away, it's, like, it's like and and the sub like you know you got the rockers and then you got the dub and then you got the dance hall and mm-hmm. then you got you know all the <laughs> sub genres, <laughs> the sky and all. It's, yes, yeah, uh, and you got blue it's mind-blowing mind-blowing to me that's why i enjoy it so because it's like new especially coming out of of the funk and the r&b but you know it's all black so it's like you know the the blues goes right through there so it's like it's just it's fun yeah that's why i told him i said any american that says they cannot play reggae go home because winston jared all of them will tell you without america there might not be no reggae because all if you see Bob and I'm like three piece suit, that's the temps, that's the dramatics, or the impressions, or the impression. They're all mm-hmm. like this one mm-hmm. three piece suit. Mm-hmm. Okay, then you see this jockey. Even though America was going through jukeboxes during that time, Jamaica had turntables, you know, but they were getting it from England. All right, then you had Cool Herc. Start the hip hop scene in New York, who was a Jamaican. All right, so you have all of these styles together, but it's based on American blues of nine beat. So you take it to a country and they alter it a little bit. So you end up getting mental. You got polka mania. All right, you got even a little rumba. It's Jamaican. Then you got the steel drum bands. They played the Bass look like a, 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 a kalimba, but it's bass. See them at the what the Jolly Boys. You see them at the airport. The happy guys. Yeah. So when you go to Jamaica and you see what it really is, it's here. It's more polished when you do a recording. 
I mean, the soul polish is slick. And a lot of people that I know don't like third world. I'm a huge fan of Bunny Rugs. And people say I sound a little, even though I, to me, Lou Rawls. I, I don't copy Jamaican vocalists. Hmm. I sing the gospel from here, but with, uh, I'll call it, with context of Jamaican music. So when they do sing it, they know its roots. I mean, they don't play no other style. But like I said, the combination of American music and Jamaican, when American music tell me they can't play reggae, I turn him on to Jackie Metu. He got stuck. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> Jackie Metu follows Jimmy Smith. And there's a history of those keyboard players. Like there's Metu, and then there's that, what, the Glans- Gladstone Anderson? Yeah, Gladstone and Anderson, the Tyrone the double, Downey. The, the one that does double bell, bling, 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 mm-hmm. Ansel Cobb. I mean, it's just like, it's like a bunch of them cats, man. And like, just because they're, they're reggae don't mean nobody can't play. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's there's as many musical geniuses doing that as there is in any other genre. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Absolutely. And see, reggae is so marginalized. It sure is. I learned that. Okay. We're trying to get out of Seattle. Yeah. We want to spread this music for people to come and see us. I'm not gonna say we've upstaged quite a few artists, not trying to do that. Yeah. We just know we're in a dressing room like George Clinton. The party started in the blood clot dressing room, not the audience. We bring the party. Them cats got to play when we get done. It's like, oh. Yeah, they got to play. <laughs> we got to get on our A game. And <laughs> one person that we played would won a Grammy. Okay, you know what I'm talking about. He won a Grammy. We did two shows with him. They were asked for encore. We didn't do it because old man don't do. They were dope, too. Yeah, and they were dope. So the combination was killer, but we were a little shocked. He got a, he got a Grammy. And so, you know, I'm, I'm saying like Michelle, I told Michelle, what is it that we are not doing? Is it not people don't know about us? Are we stuck up here in godforsaken Seattle, Washington? There's really no reggae scene here. The two top reggae bands is Clinton Ferron and Dub Lounge. And then you have all of these little conglomerations around us. And every time somebody comes here, like Michelle, she's been watching me sing for 15 years. Okay? And the other conglomerate of the band, the early version, she didn't particularly care for uh, because she liked my singing and I didn't sing enough. Now, with this lineup, I'm the lead singer. Okay? Even though I have my homies, my brother. All right, singing with me too. He sings lead. He sings lead. We all write tunes. So it's not, it is focused on I and I, but then again, it's not. It's mm-hmm. a graduate. It's my family. Mm-hmm. And when you find a band that's like that, we need to take this out so people can hear what we're doing. Yeah. We can make some people happy because I know, plus the musicians in the audience, they'll go, wow, look how they're playing it. And his friend might say, we can do that. Well, why not? Mm-hmm. You're a jazz musician. Okay, Ernest Wrangler. But Ernest Wrangler, where did he get this from? West Montgomery. He even says in an interview, without these guys, there might not be a whole hymn. So when he plays, people say, oh, that's Ernest Wrangler. I go, no, 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 that's Grant Green. Mm-hmm. Okay, because that's where he got his stuff. But when he plays, 
you know, first thing they go to as reggae musicians, of course, they go there. We know different. So we bring all of that. And Winston Garrett said, make sure that stay there. They make that stay there. Because once I lose there, he's considered a no reggae. Mm-hmm. He said, there's too much reggae out there. Uh, people look like they're reggae band, even have the red group go upon stage, don't know anything about Selassie. Mm. But it's a fad now. All right? It is a fad. Yeah. And Bob Marley warned us. That's why I cut my locks off. He started turning it into a fad. Mm. And I'm a Rasta man. I give thanks and praise to the moon size, the Celestia, Ja Rastafari, without apology. But I see all of this. I won't use the word, but it's fake, phoniness. And Winston Jerry said, they're laughing every way, all the way to the bank. Mm. And he feels Jamaica gave away reggae. It gave it away. Because once what actually came from picked up on it, just like Led Zeppelin, some of those bands, when they got the blues, everybody knows Zeppelin's the most sued band in the history of rock. All right? But that's, how could I put it? It's the nature of what's happening. Yeah. You have a word said, I can't be studying that. I can't be studying that. Mm-hmm. All right? I can't be focused on that. We have to find our own name of what we do. I need people to see this man. All right? I need people to see this man. I don't want to just grow old up in Seattle. Dublin's was a great blood clot, man. One of them. Bumba car good. You know what I said? And then we just fade away. And he, where are they now category? Yeah. Okay, we released a few singles. Maybe a little blah, blah, woof, woof. You know, and people wonder why musicians leave here. Mm. Okay, well, I'll say this real quick. This is not a place for a black musician. Mm. Period. There's no place to play here. And the places we do play, it's over and over and over and over and over in the same chitlin circuit. And we've all played it. All right? So we were telling Michelle, I know it's going to be a little tribulation, a little tough, you know, getting out there for touring. But I know it'd be hard as a Rastaman. We take this out of the tour with my heart playing, Night, no Naya Bingy anymore on these reggae bonds. What happened to We still do that. Okay? Here's Tosama. I don't know if I should do this, but we, I don't know if you've ever heard of a reggae opera. Okay? And we want to do something about Rosa Parks. And he's going to put uh, three parts together, like the Who Did Tommy. Mm-hmm. Or like Quadrophenia. Okay, there's a musical end, there's a vocal end, and then there's a W. And uh, we want to show people that reggae, you don't have to copy, uh, uh, what is it, Still Post, Coco T, Dennis Brown. Listen, everybody wants to copy, copy, copy. Mm-hmm. And Bob didn't try to copy. Bob is Peter Tosh, just Bunny mm-hmm. Whaler. That's the Whaler, and neither one of them sound the same. The, all the music, even though they did get up stand-up, it wasn't the same. Mm-hmm. See, I love Bonnie Whaler way more than Pete and Bob. Seriously, Bonnie Whaler was overlooked, underappreciated. Yeah. Some, some of the 
some of the sweetest albums uh, like Liberation, uh, Rule Dance Hall, you know, all those cuts. And I saw him live through Winston Jarrett. He was one of the, he was a little short little man, but he had such a heart. You know, you hugged him, you could feel the vibes, mm. you know, go through you. And uh, these are the people I follow. Okay, I don't want to even take up because I want to, you know, come on over here, bro. Come on over here. You know, because yes, this, sir. this year, we're the longest running record musicians in the band. Okay, I met him in the 80s. Yeah, we've been smashing hard on the scene for a long time, you know, but it's, it's you know, this, this is, you know, Seattle is a rock city. It's, it's grunge town, you know. And and these guys kind of first started bringing some vibes, you know, and 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 now it's a thing. Just all up and down the West Coast, it's a thing, you know. It's it's everywhere. Reggae's everywhere, you know. So this guy definitely holds down the roots. We try and fill in the gaps, you know, and 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 uh, make make things interesting to listen to, you know. But um, you know. We're looking forward, you know, to, to sharing some vibes, you know. For real. You know, you, I want to come to Florida. Yeah. Yeah, come I see the heat. Yeah. I know. want to see the heat so I yeah. give them that crucial blood clot beat. They can hear my Chicago heart. It's a ripping lead. But when we do dub, Lord God. And if we have just the right sound mind, because people have to realize, if you have a sound mind that doesn't know your sound, Mm. at all it's kind of like a video game oh, yeah. when, oh i put that oh oh i shouldn't have put that there if he's the great sound mind he should better adapt quick no matter what band is coming in yeah but a lot of times when we tour or if we do the tours i've been on the sound men have been crap mm. now we have our own sound mind who is involved with our three singles you know one day Beatle. Yeah, uh, the new Ease Up the Pressure, and why did you dub that? Blake at Fireburner Studios, he's God. He's God. And he's been wanting to work with me for years, but he wouldn't work with the other lineup. Mm. So once I changed everything, he stepped up. And a whole lot of people stepped up that wouldn't step up before Michelle. Been watching me for years, but she didn't want anything to do with the other lineup. Because she wasn't feeling it. This line up here, she said, is the soulfulest thing she's ever heard. And she wants to do the best to help us. Mm. And because, like I said, I, I'm a little up in age, but I got energy. As what, anybody 20 years old? I want them. You want to come test old school? Let's do it. Mm. You know, my nickname is Sir Smoke a lot. I don't joke a lot. I just smoke a lot. <laughs> so, so, from what we know about Michelle, and yourself. I just want the people to know out there, reggae music is alive and well. And the thing about reggae, you never get too old. Yeah. Like a metal guy, you have to fade away and go retire. Master musician, 80, 85. Mm -hmm. Winston Jared is almost 85 years old. That's going to be doing Seattle, Nevada with, uh, with the Soul Syndicate done. All right. And Fully, and Tony Chen. And, and China, and uh, they've been out there forever. Soul Syndicate, yeah. they got their own name. You don't hear about them, but they're out there. 
There's a lot of reggae bands touring out there, making a good living, coming home, getting a new key to open up the new home. But we have to remember, without the people, them, come pay the money. There's nothing. And a lot of times, bands, what it call, oh, no, don't laugh. I call it the watermelon head syndrome. All right, excuse me. The head get like all big like this. So say you have a gig and you're opening up for us. We don't let you into the dressing room because we have to meditate. Bullshit. You come in the room with us. Yeah. We catch a vibe. We catch a vibe. It's too bad, not an opening band. We already been through that. All right. It's like me being young and talking bad about old people. Now I'm old. And I'm old. Is that what I did? Lord God. <laughs> Is that how I talk to older people? What's the same thing now? Your band play with us. We can flip it up. All right. We open this. You open. We open. Come to a combination world of performing. But it's Brad Jen. Because like Ian, as you might decide to come out on stage, Tali, let me go blow on the roster. I'm a DJ. I give you the mic. You my brethren, we got a vibe. That is what's wrong with reggae to me. Mm. The vibe is gone. No focus on Rastafari no more. Just the red, green, and gold. But you call them upon it. Mm. So now Elder Rastas are telling me, say, just leave it alone, Neftali. Mm. It's a fad. Just leave it alone. You do what you do. You stay firm and livicated to what you're doing. But it, it bothers me when I hear Clinton Fearon from the Gladiators, all right, opening up a festival. I won't say who they are, but this is the California scene. They're making millions of dollars. Clinton Fearon comes on and he's opening up the session. Come on, that's like Holland Wolf opening up for Led Zeppelin. Backwards. But mm -hmm. that's the nature of the business. We have to be real about it. Yeah. Okay, we have, we have no choice. We have, I've met young men that don't know anything about Rastafari, but they yeah. locks up. Yeah. Um, we did a show with Kingston, uh, New Kingston, mm -hmm. and the bass player, him father, no Winston Jarrett, we were at the show. I won't mention the band, but they were locks up and they came backstage. Winston standing there like that with a spliff in his hand, and they're looking at him going, hey, dude, those are nice dreadlocks, dude. Winston looks at me and goes, and kisses him teeth. I'm like, uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> and then I looked at them, I say, hey, you know who this is? <laughs> they go, uh, no. I say, you play regular music. They go, yeah, dude. I said, please, don't call me dude. Okay, at that time, I don't mind, but at that time, <laughs> and I said, This is the great Winston Flames Jarrett. I went to my phone and showed them. They looked at each other and they were kind of like, Oh, they broke up a week later. Mm. Okay, they broke. I didn't say anything to make it negative. I'm just saying, Too many of you are taking advantage of my culture. Yes, mm. I'm Jamaican American. But everybody knows you. I, I stand firm, even though I know I'm racist, and I stand firm too because you know I'm Irish. So I stand firm. 
All right. But the way reggae is being directed, I figure all we can do is do it our way. Yeah. We don't have to follow them. If you want to go out there and, you know, whatever, just go do it. We know what we have to do. Any band, any company, any production would have no problem with us. Mm-hmm. Ever. All right. New Kingston's manager backstage at the Crocodile couldn't believe we came on time. We gave the sound man no problems whatsoever. We didn't have a superstar attitude. The doorman says, you can't smoke the collie in the dressing room. No problem on. We went outside in alley and smoke. And then when we come in again to sit down, the truck lord manager goes, are you always like this? Yes, ma'am. If you need somebody to tour, please take me. She said, I've never seen so much manners. And I said, assholes are already out there. I don't want nobody smelling my backside. All right? We are in this because we love what we are doing. Otherwise, why would I waste this man's time? All right? Same with this man here. They both could be planning. Okay? But Josh sent them. And it comes from completely different backgrounds. And when people were telling me, you know, like they would say, well, Jay, don't pick that guy. Mm. And you don't even like, you're only going by what they said. But you haven't played with that person. So I'm not, I'm not the kind of person to say, Guam, Guam. Let's make them go on. Let I check. And the man said, it didn't work out. Give me a blood clot, walk away. Mm. But it worked. And what, six years now? You went, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah, he's been with me a while. He joined Dublin's without a rehearsal rehearsal. Mm. Or like two acoustic guitars in a guy's basement. Okay. I didn't even perform. I just sat there. Mm. We went and played a tavern, a little uh, drinking hole, hole, hole in the wall. <laughs> he got a standing ovation. He didn't even know the material. Our guitar player, who long in winter, was walking over. I said, you don't do that live on stage. It's going to look like we're rehearsing. And that's actually what was happening. We were rehearsing live, trying to teach him. And it just turned into a joke. And that's not what we do. We know when we rehearse, we are serious about parts. Even though we might rehearse a couple of times. Mm-hmm. We get together again. Perfect example, the string. You know, we have on YouTube that we did at the Nectar. Mm-hmm. We haven't been together, what, for a year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we haven't played together for a year. We hit just like that, like we had not missed each other. It started after, what, a couple of songs? We was kicking. We was kicking. Yeah. And went into, we had the guy, the sound man was, <laughs> the guy in the computer, you know, and Ian Ayers was there. We're like this now. Because he saw stuff and now she says, that's not normal. I said, what is normal to blood? What do you mean normal? I said, we dip in like steel pulse. We dip in like th- uh, a third world. And mm-hmm. I know a lot of hardcore regular fans don't like them. Mm-hmm. Too polished, too slick. Aswad, one of the greatest reggae bands in the history of reggae. Black Slate. LKJ, Dennis Bowville, Blackbeard, uh, Wackies. These are huge people. 
but they said too slick. Mm. But it's still yeah, it's still Jamaicans playing it, and with really good studios. Because you know, if you went to Studio One, you got a mic coming from the ceiling. You got five people sitting around in a circle, and American version reggae, you don't hear us go one, two, three, four, and oh, start no, the song. No, they do. I have a Roots Radix album with Flabber. Child, no man, no man. No man. What do I do? No man. It don't go that way. No man. Bum. <laughs> so they finally start the tune. And the album is called Freelance. It's got Max Middleton on it from Jeff Beck's band. Mm. But they start every song. It's like we're at band practice. And people bought it. Mm. I mean, they bought it. It's so freelance sold out. You can't even get it now. All right, and that's the roots, right? So that shows you the difference between how Americans, you know, and other European bands mix compared to Jamaican bands. And you have Jamaican engineers, you know, scientists, King Toby, uh, Jack Ruby, uh, with a 90 day observer. Uh, who else could I say? Uh, Tapa, not Tapazuki. Uh, Yellow Man's Bruce, they can't come up with his name right now. And every one of them had a Pacific style. But it seemed like all the reggae bands had to copy that. Mm. Okay, they had, if they didn't copy that, it's not reggae. Even the singing. I've had people walking with a pot to accent and never even stepped foot in the island of Jamaica. But they got a pot to accent. And I'm saying, Winston told me, say, just be your damn self. Mm-hmm. They don't come on stage speaking in no patois. Yeah. They're reggae musicians that love Rastafari. They love Jamaican. They love reggae. Mm-hmm. This man is still coming into the forest. Okay. Trying to keep him from bumping in the trees. <laughs> yeah, I'm checking it out. I'm checking it all out. It's just, it's fascinating. Yeah. And that's what I have musicians in the band. That anybody that gets with us will say, are they always that cooperative? Yes, we are. Mm-hmm. They're so easy to interview. Why not? But it shouldn't be a surprise, right? It shouldn't no. be a surprise, but it is. And that's, and, that's, and that's part of the problem, is if you have to single out when a band is kind, when a band is friendly, when a band is respectful, that shows you that a lot of people aren't doing the right thing. Yeah, real. And people have to realize the same crap as in rock, blues, jazz, so it's in reggae too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cooking engineers, cooking producers, yep. promoters, managers, show business, you know, the it, other side. The same thing. Reggae has the same thing all the other things have. And if you don't know, you're naive. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I have had my heart broken many a time. You know, been told about certain things that I should have been applying for. I wasn't told. Mm-hmm. Somebody else walks off with the money. Shiesty. Mm-hmm. There's so much shistiness, even in reggae, that is pathetic. Who's yeah. the reggae Big Red? Who's, 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 who, who would be the reggae Big Red, like from the Five Heartbeats? Big Red? The, 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 the mean guy? Is so, all the reggae right now? Yeah. Who would be the biggest who would, guy in reggae right would, now? No, who would be the big red? 
Big Red was the character in the Five Heartbeats. Oh, that was yeah. the crooked manager. <laughs> Who would be a crooked manager in Jamaica? My office hours are from. <laughs> I don't know. That's a, 90 Day Observer. I heard was pretty crooked. From what, I won't say his name. <laughs> My bad. I just, being around Winston Flames, Jared. Yeah. Say, you, you know, you're in a field and. The whole thing about it is that you're in that field. Of course, you want to read the fathers. If I was, you know, I'm a hard player. So when I met Taj Mahal, my favorite hard player, I'm like, yes, because that's why, why am I doing this? I meet Winston Judd out of the blue, all right? Clinton Fern, Alwick Forbes, Tarzan, Clinton Rufus, and Winston Cardi came to Seattle. In 1984, the Defenders, they had just quit the Gladiators. And Charlie Morgan, my manager for my group, Boone Talipasi, was their manager. Okay, 1984 is when I met Clinton Farrell. I've known him since then. He knows how long I've, I've been out here trying to find the right people. I knew you saw my picture. My locks were down in my ankles. I couldn't find the right guys. I kept going from this man to this man to this man to this man to this man. Well, you start getting burnt out. Mm-hmm. Because you wonder, who are the real? They've been with me about six years now. Right. Yeah, six years now. And no changes. We had a, we got a, what, third drummer. <laughs> we got a third drummer. It's like Spinal Tap when it comes to the drummers. Right? Yeah, yeah. They show up and they yeah, explode. Yeah, I've, I've been through a lot of drummers, too. It's, yeah, but it's just the, the man we have, beast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what you're... But the drummer we have now, <laughs> James Wozniak, uh, he's a godsend, okay? He's... Uh, I was also told he's not any good. You know, can't really hold his own, no power to him whatsoever. And I'm like, there is so much downtrodden on people here. Mm-hmm. All right. If you don't like something, they say, I don't like it and leave it. But every time, don't tally. And I'm like, you know, stop. We did a show with him. The one we did at Sea Monster, you couldn't make it. Yeah. It was supposed to be in a dub lounge thing, but it didn't work out. Our regular drummer, who was no longer with us, didn't want to come. Mm-hmm. So the drummer who was there was James Wolfsonette, who was now a full-time drummer. I, you know, I got my Naya Bingy out and, you know, playing with him. He's on keyboards. Our bass player, uh, Jake, is on bass. Uh, don't know who the guitar player was, but we jammed. And I looked at him. And I remember I took my shades off and I looked at him and I said, Bumba Claude, this my nice, him nice. So when the show was done, as I normally do, I walked up to him and made him a proposition. I said, Dublin's International needs a drummer. Are you interested? He goes, Dublin? Because we have a little, you know, the name. Because when people hear we might need, they're kind of like, Dublin? Dublin? I said, hey, man, come on. <laughs> this ain't like going to Dick Van Dyke. Said, come on now. So JW came in. He's been there ever since. And uh, we do things that other bands don't do. You know YYZ by Rush. 
Yeah. Okay, we do the beginning of that song flawlessly. And then drop it to a tune called Easy Rider. All right, it blows the crowd away because they do not expect that. This man here with his jazz, blues, and funk background and rock has brought me into the band. What I have lacked. I've got great guitar played, but always an average keyboard player. And I would say, let go. And he's like, Billy Doo. Billy Doo. Do do be do do. Billy Doo. And I'm like, come on, man. How about this? <laughs> no, 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 Rasta. That's not reggae. Oh, who says so? Uh-huh. You? This man has came in a completely, as Michelle loves about us, you never know what to expect. The, you know it's the, you'll say, oh, that's easy. Whoa, <laughs> he pulls this solo out of Zion. Ripping it. Next time you see him, playing nice little jazz, or he might pull out a pow, 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 pow. And it doesn't hurt the song. It even makes it more interesting. Because like Miles Davis, you don't know what to take. You know it's Miles. Mm-hmm. And you know you're going to get a good concert. But musically, you don't know what you're going to get. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And it's not just, it's not just the sound, it's the attitude behind the sound. Yeah. That makes the sound happen. Yeah. In my humble opinion. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think, I think attitude is everything. I think... I think we're the sum total of all of our experiences and influences. When you're up there on stage or when you're in the recording studio, all that stuff now has to come out of something unique. And like, yeah. you know, for as, with, with all you're talking about, um, why, do, why does everyone expect reggae to sound like it was made in 1975? Why, 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 why is that? I mean, you know, the only, the only other music that gets that attitude is the blues. Like everybody wants the yeah. blues to, to be muddy waters. And it's like, how do you expect music not to grow? How do you expect music not, you know, bands, artists to not put their own thing into it to come up with something different, something original? Why, why is reggae pigeonholed like that? Yeah. yeah. Jay, ask him how I got him. How, you joined, how you joined the band? Tell him. Well, he, he scouted me, I guess, because I've been on the scene forever. Our band's been playing in the same bars for years. And so, like, like since the early '90s is what I, I kind of came in on the early '90s, you know. But, uh, but yeah, so Pioneer Square probably yeah. is when you know, watch Boom Tally. We were playing like the Phoenix and Ships in the Night. Yeah. Like me and him too. We're all like this. Yeah, we're in Seattle's got a, a <clears throat> kind of a funny scene here of just like there's a lot of really talented cats, you know, and world class musicians. And and there is like like the whole grunge movement sort of happened, but then after that, everybody kind of started doing 
different stuff. Like I think you got to really see what Seattle was made of because there's a, a incredible hip hop scene here. There's an incredible funk scene here. Um, a jam scene here. There's incredible jazz musicians here, you okay. know, underground. And, and so, you know, we've had some cats like pop their heads up and are doing some international stuff like, uh, Aaron Jones or, you know, yeah, diggable planets. David Diggable, the guys yeah. that back on Diggable. The, the, the Mizell brothers who wrote for Donald Byrd, they came from here. Quincy Jones lived here. Ray Charles lived here. Olita Adams lived here. Ernestine Adams lived here. Henry's left. Now I get out of here. Yeah. There's yeah. no scene for black musicians here. Yeah. With Ernestine Anderson. She was, she was, oh, I love Ernestine. She but was, I'm just saying, if you say, Tally, take me to a black nightclub. <laughs> I thought there's maybe one real, okay, and that's no wait. That's not fair. That's not fair because there was deep. But when I I got here in '84, there was Dinos. There was Dinos, the Cotton Club. Oh, I know that. I forgot. I forgot. It was it was called the Heritage House too. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. and there was there was there was one more that was. But they're not here now. But they're not about Esquire. Esquire. I was going to say that is that's it. it. And don't, we can't play reggae now. We're way too mm. loud. Mm. And these are people my age. So they, they ain't taking that. Mm. So if it wasn't the room with you across the street, you got to play High Dive, Pono Ranch. Nectar, Nectar has more reggae than the state. That seems to be the reggae spot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, that's what I've heard. But after amount of time, all these years I've been playing, how can it get no higher than $300? Hmm. And they know what we bring. They know what he brings. They know what he brings. It's not a thing to upstage the headliner, but we have been known to do it. Mm-hmm. And we get a little $400 and, you know, go home. And How much you bring home, Dad? Well, what, $45? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. you got enough money to put in the gas? No, I, that's all I had was not money to put in the gas tank. Okay. Yeah. And I'm wondering, it's because we have heart. That's why Michelle likes us. We got mm-hmm. heart. Mm-hmm. We want to get something. I want to build it. They back and say, I released, you know, I'm on 26 albums and I got shit to show for it. Nothing. Yeah. No monetary, no. Uh, uh, That's not fair. I hate when you say no, that. No, I don't. Other cats don't have 26 albums. No. How many cats do you can know? even say, do you I know? got 26 albums? Do you know? That's what I'm saying. I think like, He I doesn't know. know. I don't know anybody. You're the, like, like I'm saying, who has 26 albums? I'm on. I'm bring them all that's out. Stack them right here. That's, some, that's something. That's an achievement, man. That's no, but I, like I'm saying, who knows who Neftali Rashid is? Mm-hmm. You've never heard of me before. Okay, I've been on Basie's album, uh, Albert Forbes' albums, a bunch of guys from New York, uh, Harvard Muriel's album. You know, I play my little parts. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not in the band. I'll come in and play harp, but now you're being you a sing background. Uh, Winston Jarrett's album, Bushwipers and Gangbangers. You ever heard that? Yeah. Yeah, the whole yeah. first fire the songs is us. Yeah. Background vocals, all the dub. It's dub lounge. Uh, the song, what is it? Wise Man, you know, the 12 inch version. That's me on repeaters. Right. Okay, so I'm out there. Yeah. But I'm saying without 
a good promotion, a good manager. It's like me going to work and go ahead and plug in and give him a little hot dog and leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And it's happened for so many years. I just want to see this lineup achieve something and then say that we did. Regardless of whatever they might go back to, they can say we did something. Mm-hmm. Like we went on and tour and we were like, wow, look at these people. It's like when we play Tacoma. I've never been kissed. And this is the truth. I've never been p- patted on my backside. Women wanted to take pictures with me. That's never happened in Seattle at the Nectar. He knows as soon as the gig is all off the stage, I'm into the dressing room. He knows that too. He'll come out. I don't. Mm. I go right to the dressing room because I just don't feel the vibe. Mm. I like to call him, even though it comes way smaller. I feel more respected. Yeah. You know, yeah, people see yeah. what I'm doing. One a young lady drove all the way from Bellingham because it was Dove Lounge and Ian Ayers. Mm. She would not go to a uh, uh, nectar. But she drove all the way to the airport tavern, not even a third, not even third the size yeah. of the night. It'd be like me and you like here. That's mm. how it was. <laughs> Stage is a good size, but you know, the audience is right there. Yeah. <laughs> what a nectar, you way up here. Mm. Or oh, and the crowd is way down there. You know, and they got all this stuff around you. Mm. So, but it's not the size of the club. It is to me, I guess now at my age, it's just the people. Yeah. If the people like what you're doing, you made somebody happy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, we played reggae on the way. We got some followers. A young lady came up to me and said, uh, the song I sang called One Day, got mm-hmm. off of meth. Mm-hmm. Whether I believe that or not, her brother stepped up behind her and says, man, she's telling the truth. That song, One Day, the lyrics, you know, that we sing about one day, trying to mm-hmm. change it. Mm-hmm. it. It hit her to what she said, she's in treatment, and she stopped. Mm. And I'm looking at it, and then she starts crying. And this is at the airport tavern. Yeah. I'm like, I took two or three pictures with her and her brother. Uh, they came out and gave me something to put it on stage. Then before I know, two or three people have put something on stage for me. And I'm like, remember I told him on the way, nobody's ever done that in Seattle. Mm. I've been playing music for 40-some years. Yeah. It ain't never happened in Seattle. Never. Never my mom is, you know, alive. Yeah. I come out of the coma. It happens. Yeah. But with these guys, I feel, how could I put it? Michelle wants to focus so much on me. You know, as the face and the image of the band. But an image is not anything without a portrait. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be just a picture. <laughs> I want to be in the portrait. Okay? These are my homies. Yeah. You know, and I want to take the music out so people can see within their own right <clears throat> how good he is. Mm-hmm. How good he is. Not just as a band. Just as individuals, too. Mm-hmm. Because you never know. You might say, oh, I'm an Eftali, your keyboard play wicked to bloody wicked, man. You got a session. You need a keyboard player. Right. Am I going to tell you no? If we're off, we ain't doing nothing? Go. Mm-hmm. If it makes you sound better, 
we've accomplished something. Right. And that also would tell you what kind of keyboard player you want. Mm-hmm. And you, you say, man, he completely changed our sound. And you know yourself, it only takes one instrument sometimes to completely change your sound. Absolutely. Boom. Yeah. And once he came in, it freed up my friend here to do some ripping. Mm-hmm. Okay, because he had a... <laughs> And then all of a sudden he starts soloing, <laughs> clavinet, piano, organ, you know, horse, silver, uh, you know, stuff. Uh, uh, um, it's hard to, this guy, way out there. Mm-hmm. 90, I'll say 99.9% of regular keyboardists don't do that. Yeah, yeah. And being that they're what, we're that type band, right? Mm-hmm. That this guy, when you mix him with Jack, it's like, how can I explain it? It's like a fork and a knife, but there's still silverware. Mm. They do the same thing, but one's a fork and one's a knife, but they're sure. both silverware. Sure, yeah. And that's how I feel about them, you know. And then I come out and I'm the, they eat because I'm serving it up. Mm. Okay. Mm. And so I have a really well, laid back. But at the same time, very exciting. You might see this guy put the guitar behind his head, go between his legs. Most reggae bands are like damn mannequins. Mm-hmm. They don't move. It's like I could walk up and change clothes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, they're still standing there. I like a band that would party. You know, first and foremost, we're entertainers. And we can, we can be artists and we can have our, the messages that we have. But first and foremost, if you're up on stage, you're there to entertain people. Yeah. yeah. If, if not, stay in your room. Stay in yeah. your room. Practice your guitar, whatever. Cool. But if you're up there, you're there to entertain people. We talk about it in your car all the time. We'll talk right there. We were talking. And, uh, and like I said, that in the early days, I used to be spinning around the stage like this and then look around me and everybody's. <laughs> so I felt like an idiot. <laughs> so I'd start grabbing the pipe and people would walk up and go, Tally, why aren't you moving? I said, look around me. Yeah. I got a bunch of mannequins. Yeah. I well, told the man to go off and he does. You got to have something because you have, especially drums and keyboard, it's really difficult to do much. You know, you're rooted to an instrument oh, yeah. that's that's stationary so you're already dealing with that mm-hmm. everybody else in the band better be if you can move you know move, move. <laughs> yeah. we, have, we have a good time don't we <laughs> we have to have fun man i told him to take his guitar and yeah. whatever way he wants to do it yeah. he might take his feet and stand on the monitor yeah go off yeah. You don't see reggae band, they figure that that's not Irie. Yeah, I don't know. I, you know. Not, no, no. I've heard Washington say, no, man. <laughs> Run across and say, like, them rock and roll bands. Well, the people want to rock. Yeah, yeah, they do. Okay. Yeah, they do. yeah. We always say, you can go to a concert. with just guys standing there, or you can go to a performance. Yeah. And that's what I learned by watching European bands. Believe it or not, Genesis mm-hmm. coming mm-hmm. out with a fox head on. And yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, Jethro Tall. And then I saw Eswad. I'm like, wow. So you before, I'm not a big fan, but you before 40, the stage was turned out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is a performance. Yeah. 
And yeah. so, like Michelle was telling us, you have a look. And that people, when they see that, like the dead, like Grateful Dead, they see that, they know who it is. Yeah, yeah. They see Bonnie Whaler, they know who it is. Mm-hmm. They see mm-hmm. Bob Marley, they definitely know who he is. Yeah. And it's that image you put out, but I know a lot of musicians, they get in the bands, they don't know what is an image. Yeah. Okay, they don't want to know. They just get on stage. Let's just do the thing, get paid, and go home. Mm-hmm. What's well, more than that? People, well, it, it took me, you know, Jay, it took me, now, it took me a long time yeah. to figure that one out. This man, I'm still learning. <laughs> yeah, well, folk, folks don't pay their, their money to come out to your show and listen to the album. You know what I mean? They bought the album or they can do that on Spotify. If they're coming out to see you, yeah. I mean, they're there for a reason. Yeah. Give it to them. Give it to them. And the number one complaint that I hear from people who go to shows all the time, we could talk any genre, but we're, we're talking <laughs> reggae, we talk reggae. I'm hearing all the time, man, these bands, they, they don't bring it live anymore. I'm not, I'm not feeling that they're great on the album, but you go see them live and it's like, and that's what I'm hearing. I'm here. I hear that more from, from concert goers than I hear any other complaint. Wow, they man. paid their concert tickets are high these days because we don't make money from selling music like we used to. Right. So concert tickets are going up. The venues want more concert tickets go up, up, up. <coughs> I'm going to buy some merch. So the average person comes out to your show. They might spend a hundred dollars between the ticket and merch and drinks. And maybe they got a babysitter and maybe yeah. they drove from far away, man, you better bring that. Don't just yeah. come up there and just stand there like a bunch of sticks. Bring it. And that's, that's the biggest complaint that I hear from people. They spend a lot of money to go to their shows to not be entertained. Then by the yeah, they want to get something for that dollar. Hell yeah. 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 And it's, it's like what George Clinton said. You know, if the man's not the party, why show up? Yeah. yeah. I'm a home player. You know, I've got hard drives. Yeah. Put the, the screen TV. Mm-hmm. Put the music on. Yeah, yeah put the what? music on. You know, and you know, we both agree that I don't like hobbyists. Yeah. And there are a lot of them in the reggae scene. They know really nothing about reggae. They're just like, oh, man, you smoke a whole lot of pot. And I'm like, excuse me? Pot is in the kitchen, man. You cook with it. <laughs> and I'll smoke it. <laughs> right? You smoke herb. And this it's all the things that are involved in overstanding reggae. Yeah. And like you said, they're not feeling it. Yeah. But they're throwing it out there. Mm-hmm. And to I and I, you're taking the people's money. Yeah. Okay, they'll come in and five years time. What happened to them? Like you said, oh man, when they broke up. I, man, I bought four or five of their t shirts and mm-hmm. all right. It's almost like let's get the money while we can <laughs> and leave. Yeah. Yeah. The the youth so one of the main reasons i started this podcast for a few reasons one obviously is to try to promote everyone i can anyone you know maybe maybe see maybe someone who hasn't heard of dub lounge international is going to hear them because you're on the show that's 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 my goal the other thing is i'm old school and i didn't know much about the last 20 years of what what's been going on you know in the u.s reggae growing and all that stuff so i want to educate myself because i i need to step out of the past decades and, and catch myself up. But the other oh, thing is, man, I got tired of people acting like the reggae tree goes Bob Marley and then sublime. 
<laughs> and it was like, it's like, and I don't, man, and I don't mean that, you know, I, I always say on the show, I never, I never intend to disrespect anyone. That is not my intention. What I just want is for people to understand reggae is different. Reggae has a history that started in the type of spiritual and conscious revolution that no other style of music has started. In. It's not just music. It's not just a genre. There's no. a depth to this and there's a respect that you have to have. If you don't want to do conscious music, you want to do love songs, that's fine, whatever. But overstand where this comes from right? and learn about it because you're standing on the shoulders of giants. And so part of this podcast was just for me to say, man, I hope that somebody listening to this learns something new, learns something new about the origins of this and takes it seriously. That's why um, coming from the punk and R&B world, that's why reggae is really fascinating. Because I'm kind of like, I like I like to explore shit and find out what's out there mm-hmm. that I can do different musically. And reggae fits perfectly. And like in the band, it's like, who wouldn't pay to hear some reggae roots with like some hard rock funkadelic guitar? Yeah. And some, yeah. some, some, some deep right. Miami bass mm-hmm. cross-reference with some like Herbie Hancock shit all over like the Roots groove. I yeah. mean, like, like, who wouldn't? I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we have a blast just trying to throw something like, I might play a trombone solo where it might, should have been a guitar solo and it mm. just like, and then Sting will play something that is like, just like, what was that? And you try to top it. And then Jack will come in and layer it. And then I'm going like, what was that? It's like we're all playing and interacting yeah. with each other. And I think people want to see that on stage from a band. I, I, I really think they do. I want to I see something I can't hear on your studio recordings. Uh, something. Give me something. Uh, Give me a reason I came out tonight. That's Give right. me something. I don't even care. You can play some of your songs just like they are on the record, whatever. It doesn't have to be all of them. But man, please. Please, bands out there, please give me something I can't hear on Spotify. Please. No, we're not Rush. Yeah, that's dope. <laughs> that's dope. <laughs> I've seen Rush five times and they're exactly like the record. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. And, and well, I get, I, I also get if you play that style, I mean, there, there's not a lot of room no, in all those notes not. to improvise. But but for the rest of us, man, come on, just give me something different. Just, just please, yeah. please, you know, give me a reason to be there in person. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, we're going to have to wrap up soon, but bef- but before we go, I wanted to um, I, I want to find out everything about what you guys have going on right now, what your plans for the future uh, are, and well, let's start with March seventeenth because I finally get to meet you in person on March seventeenth. I will be out there, oh, at, really? yeah. at, the, at the airport tavern in Tacoma with our friend Soul Tribe oh, also, <laughs> and I'm and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing y'all play in person. So. Um, Let's talk about that show. Let's talk about the airport tavern and, and you looking forward to this show or what? Let's start first. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun. We played it before and people were just so receptive. It's like it's just especially when we get into our thing, because it's like it's it's it, it's just it's just fun to still play. I mean, like it's still fun. It's still fun, especially for me personally. It's fun to see people react to the music because, and it's fun because I'm playing with these guys and we're all, <laughs> all like, it, it, I can't even, it's magical. 
That's all I can say. It's, it's magical. Yeah, Airport Tavern's a cool little spot. You know, we're gonna we're gonna get some heads in there. We'll blow it up some. Got that after hours happening after that too. So yeah, because the band's leaving you know, them, we're we'll, going up the street. We'll have a second second opportunity to 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 have some vibes. You know what I mean? And and um, I'm looking forward to it. I, yeah. I I'm like I live in Tacoma actually right now, and oh, so right. um, you know, it's right up the street. It's a short, shorter <laughs> trip for you. We drove down from Sea Town, but I don't mind driving to Tacoma. I mean, yeah. like I said, uh, again, you you feel, you know, if the vibe's not right a lot of times, as a vocalist, you're kind of like, ah, mm. let's just get this over so I can go home. <laughs> All right. But then when you play places like the airport tavern, like I said, nowhere even near. As big as the nectar, or the Pono Ranch, or even the high dive. Yeah, but I I'm more receptive, and I don't know what that is. When I finally realize, if the crowd's bringing a vibe, yeah, vibe is everything. Yeah, and you pick yeah. up on that, and they're not just sitting mm-hmm. there gawking at you. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got musicians out there pointing, going, "Maybe you do good." Oh, no, you know, I've seen people do that. You yeah. play harp solo, look like. I don't want to do with no crowd like that. I want to go play where they sit and go, we came to have a good time. Let's have whatever we drink or whatever we smoke. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and do it that way. And we come on the stage and say, y'all ready? We're watching out. Let's get this roots going one way or another. We're going to play it. And then we started with that. <laughs> See, it's, like, it's, it's so cool within the reggae framework to put so many flavors on top of the groove, especially like doing dub. I really, I really, I really like that because there's space for like crazy guitar and the bass and drums go off. And then, then the, the extremely liberal use of delay, which is like, Wow, this is this is awesome Cheech and Chong shit. <laughs> wow. This sounds so this sounds so amazing. Yeah, especially this guy, we don't know what he's gonna play on guitar. I like to keep them guessing, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what makes it fun for everybody because everybody keeps everybody guessing. Because yeah. we already know the songs, we know what we're gonna play, but how are we gonna play them tonight? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The best thing that happens on stage for me is like when somebody plays something and then you just like, you just look over and it's like, yeah, like that's, that's cause, cause you're not just, you know, you don't want to just surprise the audience. You want to, you want to surprise everybody on stage too. So oh, it's yeah. always, those are the fun moments. Yeah. Yeah. Make, make a long story short. What it, the synopsis of this is that if we're given the chance, you know, and everything's there, cause we don't know how our show's going to get us there. But if given the chance, to play places like Florida, all right, San, uh, uh, San Antonio, mm-hmm. Houston, S- uh, South by Southwest, all right, Sierra Nevada, even if it's not Sierra Nevada, Nevada, yeah. Arizona, okay, Chicago, we have all these audiences, and if they see. Jamaica Observer, Jamaica Observer. Klansman boss Brian, emotional after brother Wilson. Oh I get the news from Jamaica. Never mind. <laughs> uh, anyway, we just want to be able to get out there, 
and see if that's what we really want to do. Because we have guys in the band that have never toured. But I said, if you want to be a household name and you don't want to, then go in the kitchen, wash dishes, get over in the corner and play or go jam with your buddies on Tuesday or Wednesday night and then go home. It's a hobby. But this is emotionally, physically, mentally stressful. Okay, being out there. Well, your thing is you're out there to make people happy. And you got six guys on the road with each other. You got, you know, we have to live with each other. And our living, we bring it on stage. So we cannot bring bad attitudes. Because reggae is about, you know yourself, love, unity, appreciation, respect, and blessing to the people them. And reggae, you know, there's no anger, all right? No anger. You're supposed to bring the people up. That's what we need, man. Reggae on the road, camera crew following Dub Lounge. The drama. The drama. Uh, oh, no, not like <laughs> <laughs> No. I don't want to be what he did on drums. Metallica is the biggest bunch of whiners. All right, we don't. (laughs) Okay, back to regular. Anyway, okay. Um, We'll be going on our 23rd year as a band. That's a long time to go undiscovered and play. I've I've played played the Nectar before it was called the Nectar. Mm. Mm-hmm. All right, I've played so many places in Seattle. You take me to a club. You ever played it? Yes. <laughs> I've been here. I go from wearing dreadlocks to not. <laughs> I'm still playing the same clubs for the same chum James. You know, so I was telling Michelle, if anybody out there is willing to take a chance on us, okay, and try to make sure that the financial end doesn't put us in the hole. Right. Okay, that you're confident enough that the people you are dealing with will come through. You won't get a gig for two five, and then you get to the club and oh, we had a problem. Uh, God, the funds. No, you signed a contract. We sent you a writer. Yeah, beware when the manager just goes like, uh, "Let me holler at you for a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. Michelle, contract. You sent a writer ahead. And so if we can't get, she's a good manager, get Airbnb, we might have to stay in another band's house. But at least they make sure you're comfortable. Because we know we have to go to the washouts <laughs> and wash our clothes. All right? There might be somebody vying for a shower. <laughs> somebody might want to sleep longer and we're too loud out in the front room. <laughs> so it's family. This is family. And if you can't do it, Leave it alone. They're wondering how the Rolling Stones have lasted so long. Okay, Rush, three guys, yeah. 30 over, almost 40 years. Yeah. That's one and the same thing to achieve one thing, one goal, happiness. We're happy. You're happy. We make a living. You support us. So we do some free concerts. The achievement, come on in. Hey, hey, man, it was $25 last ticket. Well, nothing today. Man, I just want to see what Dub Lounge International groupies are going to look like. That's what I want to. 
Yeah, that, that's the most thing. Too. I want to see what they're going to be. <laughs> well, that's a that's a great place to end our discussion. Okay. Then that's you can't go out on a better line than that. Uh, no. Dub, Dub Lounge International. Tell tell everyone where they can listen to your music, check you guys out, and learn more learn more um, about you. We have our own radio station on Spotify. You just have to type in Dub Lounge International. Any new cuts will come there. Uh, there are other artists. Now that it's a broad station. It used to display us. Now it plays everybody and us. Uh, we have a, back in the day, we have an hour and a half stream on YouTube with Ian Ayers. Uh, and then, uh, what's it? We have uh, a few videos. Other than that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, then we have... Uh, YouTube mostly. Yeah, mostly YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the other albums are there that you know the band two other albums and then there was a live album the band did but it's not in print anymore uh but everything you hear now this okay yeah. two yeah three singles coming and we got what 10 more yeah we just you know right now we got one day out we we're about to drop another one ease up the pressure it's dropping real soon and, and then uh and we got some stuff to follow yeah, why'd you yeah. dub that? That's on the just ready to be mixed and mastered too. So that's three songs. And then we got his dreadlocks and ganja, his tune. So everybody in the band is writing. They're coming from wherever they're coming from. And we like, hey, let's go in the kitchen and eat that meal. You got cooks. <laughs> Come on, man. I mean what you're cooking today. There's no problem. Come in that little salt. Yeah. You know, but it, you know, I love these two guys. I love the, all of it. That's been a long time to happen for me. Yeah. yeah. You know, because when you keep going through, I can't even explain it. I just, yeah. I'm cool with what I got now. Yeah. yeah. And the big, and the big secret now is you just keep it going. Yeah. You just, just keep it going. Just keep it going. Yeah, stay healthy. <laughs> yep, stay healthy and keep it going. Well, Dub Lounge International, um, man, I can't. I'm gonna see y'all in ten days. I can't wait to to get up there with you, get to meet all of you in person. So, thank you very much for being on the Talking Reggae podcast. And everyone, yeah, man, go check out Dub Lounge International. Go hear these singles that they're gonna be dropping soon. And if you're anywhere near Tacoma, come out, come out, March seventeenth, the Soul Tribe and Street Level Uprising, and we're gonna have a great time. And if right. you're there, you're going to have a great night. So tell them, Dublin's International, thank you so much for being on here. I appreciate it. Right. Bless. Peace. Bless. Yes.